You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Welcome to today's episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. My guest today in the first segment is Jessica Gonzalez. She's Economic Development Manager for the City of Lake Forest. This business talk show airs live on Tuesdays and Wednesdays at 4 p.m. and Thursdays at our special time of 3 p.m. All of our shows can be heard live exclusively on Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net. If you're listening to this show as a podcast, we encourage you to listen live during our broadcast times. The show is brought to you by our advertising sponsors, Brandman University, Center Club, Decision Toolbox, MBN Design, Smart Business Magazine, SNH Rubber, Succession Strategies, Tone Software, and UPS Protection. The goal for this show is to help you, our listening audience of CEOs running middle market firms, to improve your decision-making skills. Jessica, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's nice to have you here at the program. I've known Jessica for several months. I've had the pleasure of visiting her office at the city of Lake Forest. And if you're looking for a perfect place to start a new business, then I'd consider, I'd ask you to consider Lake Forest. They are a business-friendly community. Let's talk a little bit about you before we talk about your role. Tell me a little bit about your background. Sure. Well, I definitely have always been passionate about local government. So for me, it was a very easy decision to want to pursue education in this field. So I received my bachelor's degree in political science from Cal State Fullerton University and then immediately went to get my master's in public policy from Pepperdine University with a focus in regional and local government. Um, Simultaneously, though, I was pursuing an internship with the city of Santa Ana Uh because I wanted to make sure to have the hands-on day-to-day experience in working with local communities in addition to the theoretical knowledge of how government would work. That's smart. Yeah, definitely. I thought it was very beneficial. Once I graduated, you know, there weren't too many opportunities, um, openings in local government, but I was very fortunate to secure a position with the Robert Group a private consulting firm in Los Angeles that assisted local municipalities with their community outreach components of major development and transit projects. Mm. After a year there and invaluable experience, I returned to the city of Santa Ana in their neighborhood improvement division, where I worked closely with 30 neighborhood associations, helping them with a variety of issues of quality of life, public safety, really addressing those concerns. And then after that, there was an opportunity in Lake Forest and economic development, which I quickly jumped on board right. and have been there for the past eight years now. Eight years now? Correct. Wow. You're, you've had great extensive experience, and you're still relatively young in your career. So <laughs> well, that's thank you. great. Uh, you would appear to be. Let me just put it that way. So let's talk about what does the economic development manager do for the city of Lake Forest. And tell us a little bit about the city of Lake Forest for those that may not be aware of kind of the details that you deal with. Sure. Well, Lake Forest, just to kind of give you a quick overview, it, it's a very... Um, prosperous community. It has a population of over 78,000. Definitely a very business-friendly community, as you mentioned, and and thank you for that. Definitely, we're very fortunate to have a mayor and city council that are very pro-business and have allowed staff to put together some innovative programs. So in my role as economic development manager, I manage and oversee the city's business development, attraction, and retention efforts. 
So really just to kind of quickly go into these, um, you know, business attraction, that's really in terms of me bringing companies to Lake Forest, helping them expand their operations, really assisting them and making sure they know where the ideal business location. Okay. With the development side of the house, it's really what I'm doing, what the city is doing to help those existing companies grow their operations. We have a variety of tools in place from business counseling, which is completely free. All of our resources are free to business seminars to help them gain education, knowledge in a different field, perhaps social media marketing, to, um, you know, of course, just helping them with a variety of needs in general. Mm -hmm. Then with the retention side of the house, this is very key. What are we doing from the moment a company locates in Lake Forest to the moment when that lease renewal decision comes up? Have we proven ourselves that we're proactive? Have we been responsive to them when they've had a question on permits, on regulations? Have we essentially been a facilitator and removed any obstacles to their success? So so let me ask you a couple of follow-up questions, if I may. Um, To be defined as a business within the city of Lake Forest, do you have to... Do you have to have an office? Does someone who works out of their home, who has a business license, but they're working from home, do they qualify in your view as a business? Definitely. So we have a large sector of our businesses, which are home-based businesses, and we're always trying to make sure we're addressing the very needs of our our business community. So for home-based businesses, for example, we actually have a workshop coming up that's going to be able to help them on how they secure commercial space if they're ready for that next step, how they negotiate leases really providing them with an understanding so they don't feel they're at a loss when moving into that next step. So we have to be mindful that we have home-based businesses, uh, small firms, the middle market firms, and large corporations, and really structure a program and resources that can address those varied needs. Yeah, you're right. They are varied needs because you have some huge multinational corporations Correct. that are headquartered in your city as well. We do. You know, we, you're probably familiar. We have Oakley, Panasonic yeah. Avionics, Spectrum Brands, formerly known as Black & Decker, fantastic large employers, which are key contributors to the economy. But at the same time, our smaller firms, middle market firms, are definitely doing just as much in terms of contributing. Right, because then you have national brands that are headquartered in your city as mm-hmm. well. And then you have many, many, many middle and probably not an infinite number, but a tremendous number of really small solopreneurs, home-based businesses, and then retail shops that service the community and the residents who live in Lake Forest. So you you do have a variety of constituents who really want probably, there are probably some common needs that they have, but then there's also something that's rather unique to, to what they need as well. And um, when you say attract businesses, is it a part of Lake Forest strategy to go out and look for businesses that are relocating? And, and, and if that's the case, you must have to work with a local uh, landlords who own the buildings and the brokers who who control the pro- the property listings as well, don't you? We do definitely, and this uh, forming those collaborative working relationships are so key and imperative to the city's success. So when we're wishing to attract those companies, you're absolutely right. We reach out to local commercial brokers, to landlords. We want to know what are your available vacant suites because obviously we want to be able to have those buildings occupied. In Lake Forest, you know, I'm very happy to say we have a 95% occupancy rate in our business parks, which is sort of a testament of the dialogue that we have ongoing with the commercial brokers representing those listings and with the landlords. We you have, have a lot of sorry, but you have a lot of commercial space too. I mean, have ninety five percent. I mean, if you had a small quantity, that's something. But knowing the city the way I do, driving it, you have quite a bit of commercial industrial space available. We I mean, do. to to be rented. So that's great that you have such a high mm-hmm. occupancy rate. 
I'm sorry I interrupted you, but I also am being shown by our engineer that it's time to take our first commercial break here on Critical Mass Radio Show. Jessica Gonzalez, Economic Development Manager for the City of Lake Forest, is our guest. She's going to be back after the break. We're going to continue the conversation. So if you're a business owner and you're thinking about relocating or if you're in the City of Lake Forest, if you want to learn more about the services that the city has for you, don't go anywhere. We'll be back in less than three minutes. talk about your family business you know that thing you put your whole life's blood sweat and tears into well what happens when you retire or try and pass that business on to your children at succession strategies we can help you find the answers we'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation safely and securely ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come. So ask yourself just one question. Can I really afford to wait? Take the first step. Take our complimentary self-assessment at SuccessionStrategies.com or call us at 714-560-9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience. That's Succession-Strategies.com. Today's businesses are embracing voice over IP telephones and unified communications desktop technologies to more effectively communicate and collaborate with their customers, suppliers, and colleagues. The Reliatel management software from Tone Software Corporation helps organizations of all sizes manage their communications technologies to ensure great voice quality and better levels of service and reliability throughout their business. Through Reliatel, you'll gain higher return on investment from VOIP and unified communications technologies while lowering the associated operational support and maintenance costs. Learn more. Visit www.tonesoft.com or call 800-833-8663 for information on Reliatel by Tone Software, the solution for quality business communications. Over 73% of consumer packaged goods and retail products fail miserably within their first year. Why? Because they find themselves in the pit of unawareness. You don't want to go there. Call me and I'll make sure that your packaging gets noticed. Do you know how I know? Because I'm the founder and creative director of MVN Design. We're one of Orange County's most established and trusted design firms. With over 20 years of industry experience, I can ensure that your brand will always stay new. Ask me how our packaging sold millions in months. Or see for yourself other success stories on our website at www.mbndesign.com. We're MBN because we're making brands new. Call 714-458-8701 and talk to me, Hector Garcia. That's my cell, 714-458-8701. I'll be waiting for your call. 
Uh, welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Franzi, slightly deafened by the sound of the return music, but that's okay. Our featured guest today is Jessica Gonzalez. She's the Economic Development Manager for the City of Las Vegas, or City of Las Vegas, <laughs> Cities of Lake Forest. See, that music threw me off. I want to thank and acknowledge our listeners who download our show as a podcast. You've downloaded over 14,000 shows during the last 30 days, and we here at the program appreciate your continued and growing support. All of our shows can be heard live on radio station octalkradio.net or rebroadcast anytime from iTunes, Stitcher.com, Spreaker.com, and other business-oriented podcasting services. All right, Jessica Gonzalez, tell me a little bit about any trends that the city of Lake Forest is recognizing that business owners are seeing or that you're seeing relative to your constituents that are business owners in the city. Okay, definitely one that comes to mind is really the desire for more relationship building. So simply stated, networking. But it's beyond that. It's being able to do business among other Lake Forest businesses. Really that pride of not only are you located in Lake Forest, but you want to be using the services, the products of other Lake Forest companies. And so really with this, we have been able to create uh, business mixers. So one of the key things that the city does is every two years, we survey our business community and our residents. We want to find out what are we doing right, what could we improve, what tools and resources are going to help you to continue prospering in Lake Forest. And one of the key things that we heard in the last survey in 2012 was there was a need for more networking, more of that relationship building between Company A and Company B. And so what we did last year, we launched the first uh, Lake Forest Business Mixer. That was a fantastic event Mm -hmm. attended by 35 of our largest companies, CEOs, senior executives. And you can kind of picture just a room full of people that went around the room, each did their 30-second elevator pitch, really sharing what products, what services they provide, and trying to form those logical connections among each other. And definitely, we just held our second one this year in, in June, our second Lake Forest Business Mixer. We now had over... 50 CEOs hmm. that came out in business owners. And the nice thing of that, at the end of the night, I had several of them come up to me, several of the CEOs, and share with me. They were so excited. They were able to form those partnerships with other companies. And these are great top employers that are seeing how they can work uh, just with each other, really have those synergies. And really, it's just a, a great testament to us being able to connect those businesses, being able to continue supporting all of the businesses in the community. So once a year, you'll have a business mixer? We which, do. Okay. And then we have a luncheon in the um, in the fall that provides another networking opportunity. One of the other things that we've started to do and to make sure companies are exposed and learn about who's located in Lake Forest is we created a monthly business spotlight. So every month via our economic development e-newsletter that goes out to the entire business community, we showcase one Lake Forest company, more of that just behind the scenes, personal touch, who they are, how they started in their industry, what tips they have to share. And this has also proven pretty effective in connecting businesses with one another. And how how does your department interface with uh, the Chamber of Commerce? We have a great relationship with the Lake Forest Chamber of Commerce. We actually actually have an annual contract with them, and we partner on seminars, on events. We had a pretty successful event um, just in May. It was called the Secrets and Strategies to Business Success, attended by over 100 businesses. And it was just a half-day series of seminars, of tools, presented by the SBA, by different speakers, knowledgeable. I attended that. Correct, you right. did. Okay, that I, was right. Trying to, I was trying to piece the one, I was trying to recall what the event was called and you just told me what it was that was yeah that was a very good event thank you yeah you you. did you had sba there you had lenders there you had quite a quite a number of people it seems to me that 
the larger firms that are headquartered in Lake Forest may need a different type of service than the the bulk and the, probably the majority of the businesses, which are the middle market and the smaller firms, which are really more dependent, I would think, on more of their revenue coming from the local community. Right, Oakley's Oakley's revenue is a multinational. I mean, only a fraction of it comes from where they're headquartered. But a middle market company that that is in the business or a small solopreneur, probably a very high percentage, if not all their business, comes from the immediate vicinity of Lake Forest and surrounding communities, I would think. No, that's definitely a really true statement. One of the things that we have um, on a yearly basis, I think I mentioned, we have an annual business appreciation luncheon. And that really provides an opportunity for a successful company like an Oakley, a Panasonic Avionics, to share their success story, how they got to where they're at. And, you know, it's attended by middle market firms, by smaller companies that are eager to learn sort of the the inside knowledge as to how they got to where they are, how they weathered the tough economic storms. And, you know, it's great that these, you know, top employers are so readily agreeable and available to share their success stories with these companies that are up and coming. I would think that's inspirational. Absolutely. Um, I had last year, once a year, I do an executive conference here in, uh, in Costa Mesa, and we had Colin Baden. CEO mm-hmm. of Oakley as one of our panelists and I know how valuable my community thought it would be to hear from Colin Baden so you have him right there in in your vicinity you can get, you know getting getting him to share his lessons learned with other business owners is highly valuable so that's a great connecting point that the city is doing for its residents and for its business owners. Yes, thank you. We definitely value their presence. We have all these fantastic companies. We actually, a few years back, in response to some feedback we were getting from the commercial brokers, we created the Lake Forest Economic Development Video, which showcases testimonials from Oakley, from Spectrum Brands, from Soul Technology, why they decided to locate in Lake Forest. So their CEOs are sharing mm. just sort of their, their story. And it's right. a great recruitment tool as we're trying to bring in more companies into the area. So in, in your role as Economic Development Manager for the City of Lake Forest, what's the future hold for the City of Lake Forest? Is there more that can be done? Do you want more businesses? You've only got, 94, you only got 5% <laughs> of your occupancy to fill up. How many more can you possibly have, Jessica? No, there's a lot of growth in Lake Forest, and we definitely want more businesses to kind of just take a tour of the community to contact me definitely to come and explore all the amenities that we have we pride ourselves our slogan is lake forest is the natural choice for business because that's what we are we're the logical the right choice for companies to prosper to flourish in our community and so we definitely want companies to contact us i one of the key things that i just pride myself in is i don't really see the stop to innovation i think one of the key guiding principles is you constantly have to innovate you constantly have to form those partnerships and so we definitely are always trying to be responsive to our community, bring in new tools, new innovation that can really help the community prosper. So that's a good, that's a point that I like to ask our guests, your overarching guiding principle. And it sounds like you began to talk about it, which is to continue to innovate? Correct. To continue to innovate and to form those collaborative partnerships, I think, are imperative. With brokers, with landlords, with our business community, all those stakeholders need to be brought to the table to make sure we're all contributing to our local economy. One of the things that I've heard from business owners who are resident in Lake Forest is that you have really streamlined the approval process that businesses are reliant on to be able to open shop in your city. Is that is that something that the economic development manager is kind of spearheading? Is that a philosophy of the of the mayor? I mean, how does that happen that a city becomes willing to make it easy for a business to open within their 
city boundaries? Well, we definitely, we are just very blessed and fortunate to have a mayor and council that has that mindset. They are very business friendly. And that direction, you know, filters down to staff. And so I'm in a community where I feel like we have a lot of uh, leeway and a lot of, um, you know, the green light to really go and bring these programs in, in there. And you're right, in terms of setting up shop, it's pretty easy. We do not have a business license requirement. That translates into savings. Definitely could be pretty substantial depending on the size of the company. Right. And we also have some expedited business assistance meetings where we bring in the key players. So when a company decides to locate, we invite them to the table. We bring in their broker, the planner, the building technician. We walk them from A to C what it's going to take. And they walk away just kind of quoting them with the feeling that, hey, you guys are business friendly and this is going to be painless. Right. And that's exactly what it should be. Well, that's a big move for a solopreneur or even uh, for an existing business to relocate. There's a thousand things that you don't think of there's there's surprises and it all costs you money so the more that you can do to make it aware make us aware and to streamline it that means savings for the business owner in time and money right exactly i mean one of the key things there is you know we're cognizant of the fact that the business has a choice they decide where to locate right. they decide where to expand to bring in those valuable jobs and as a city we have to be mindful of that and really think about what we're doing while they're in Lake Forest to make sure they're happy, they're prosperous, and when that you know lease renewal decision comes up, they choose Lake Forest. There's no you know question about it. Right. We're the ideal business partner. Right. It, we were talking about your city council and your mayor. If I remember correctly, and I might be mistaken on this, but I think your mayor is a business owner as well. He He's, is. Okay. He owns several businesses in Lake Forest, so he can definitely relate to their needs, and he really uses that experience to make sure to look out for their best interests. Right. That sets. I would think that would set the tone at the top about you know appreciating the other person's perspective when the other person is a business owner considering he's sitting on both sides of the table exactly as staff we really feel his support which really has opened doors for us to bring in new programs into the community all right well if someone wants to learn more about the wonderful city of lake forest and the economic development activities that you manage and lead there how do they find you online where would you suggest they go the easiest way to contact me is to email me at economicdevelopment at lakeforestca.gov or to visit our website at lakeforestbusiness.com, which is also a mobile application. There you go. And sign up for the newsletter, right? Exactly. That's a great way to know what's going on. I, I received the newsletter. It's easy to read, and it does tell you what you need to know about activities that are going on in the great city of Lake Forest. You're the first economic development manager of the uh, over the six years that we've had on the program, I've had 800-plus guests. You're the first one in this role. And having this conversation makes me realize that I need to reach out to more economic development managers across the county to learn more what the cities or different cities are doing. I think that's it's, a fantastic it's, idea. It's a vital role. Exactly. Especially for the type of businesses that list the Critical Mass Coast to Coast or Critical Mass Radio Show, their middle market and small firms. Um, they really could use the and benefit from the services that your city provides. Yes, thank you. Well, Jessica Gonzalez, thank you for being a friend of the program. I'm excited to have you on the show. It went so fast, didn't it? And it now, did. <laughs> and now, unfortunately, it's time we're going to say thank you for being on the show, and uh, we'll have you back in a future. Thank you so much. All right, ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. Nancy Lerner, who is president of Otherwise Incorporated, is our second guest. She'll be joining me in less than three minutes here on Critical Mass Radio Show. When it comes to pioneers in their respective industries, we all know the Apples, Starbucks, and Trader Joe's of the world. In the realm of recruiting, Decision Toolbox is the industry's best-kept secret. With 90% of their business from referrals and repeat customers, 
For over 20 years, Decision Toolbox's U.S.-based team of recruiters, sourcers, professional writers, quality personnel, and tech support has perfected a Six Sigma approach to talent management. No matter the size of the project, Decision Toolbox delivers incredible results. A cost per hire less than half of what contingency firms charge. With the winning candidate presented in an average of 14 days. All with a 12-month candidate warranty. With results like that, Decision Toolbox won't be a secret for long. Visit us at www.dtoolbox.com for more information. If you are an Orange County CEO or a business owner, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have had these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions through the power of peer learning. These are groups of peers who are running businesses just like you. CEO Peer Groups provides a great sounding board to test fresh ideas and new concepts, review your strategic plans and tactical goals, and present issues and opportunities for a critical discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, and improved business results. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn about our CEO Peer Groups. CEO Peer Groups is a registered trademark of Critical Mass for Business. SNH Rubber is a manufacturing company in Fullerton, California. We specialize in custom molded, extruded, and stamped rubber parts. If your next job requires a rubber part, we would appreciate the opportunity to quote on it. We serve aerospace, automotive, and many other industries. We work with many types of rubber, including silicone, EPDM, neoprene, uninitrile, and viton. Our quality system is ISO and AS9100 approved. Over our 47 years in business, the SNH brand has become known for superior quality, quick turnaround, and competitive pricing. Please check out our website at www.shrubber.com or call 714-525-0277. Let SNH be your ceiling solution. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, as I said, Nancy Lerner, president of Otherwise Incorporated, is our guest for the next two segments. But I'd like to thank or acknowledge our audience, which are 98% business owners and executives. And they tell me they listen to learn from the experiences of our guests. If your firm is interested in reaching our top these top decision makers who are in our audience, then advertising on the radio show may be the answer. Each month, our sponsors gain valuable exposure through their advertising on our radio show. Also, with our exclusive prospect engagement program, Critical Mass Radio Shows commits to delivering up to 23 warm prospects for each of our advertisers each year. If you'd like to learn more about advertising and taking advantage of the prospect engagement program, then contact Rose Chamora at 951-515-4661. That's 951-515-4661. All of our radio shows can be found on our website, criticalmass4forbusiness.com. 
All right, let's turn our attention to our second guest, Nancy Lerner, president of Otherwise Incorporated. Nancy, welcome to the radio show. Well, thank you so much, Richard. Happy to be here. It's a pleasure to have you. Let's talk a little bit about you before we talk about Otherwise Incorporated. Tell me a little bit about your background. What's what's your professional experience, Nancy? Well, I started my career as a management consultant and had an opportunity very early on to gain experience uh, developing marketing strategies for Fortune 100 companies that were in the services sector. And keep in mind, this was at a time when people weren't thinking about branding and particularly it wasn't just it wasn't a buzzword and it wasn't a a topic of the day and people particularly weren't thinking about how to brand things like consumer banking products or technology so it was uh, an opportunity to be doing something innovative and fresh and i love the thoughtful analytical work that um, that I was able to do, but I was unsatisfied by the fact that in the world of consulting, strategy is a, you know is is a, a deliverable. It's an end in itself. Right. And what I was missing was being held accountable for actually executing strategy to make sure that we'd gotten it right, and especially executing creative strategy. So when I realized that wasn't going to happen in a traditional consulting environment, I took my show on the road and opened my own firm at the age of 26 and started a brand strategy consultancy where I was able to kind of do it the way I wanted to. At 26? At 26. I'm impressed. <laughs> That's very brave. And you knew what you wanted to do, didn't you, Nancy? I mean, well, I did know what I wanted to do, although there weren't any, at the time, there weren't certainly weren't roadmaps. There was no career path that led to what I was doing. It was just... Uh, you know, I was confident enough that what I was doing had value and merit, and I was good enough at it that I just kind of let it evolve. So let's talk about fast forward to today and otherwise incorporated. First of all, before I can find out why clients do business with you, you know, what's different, let's start with the name. Explain the name. Well, there's a, there's a, there are a lot of different kind of points of context around the name otherwise. Um, it is something that I actually came up with um, when the firm was founded in 1991, and it was at the time and today, you know, remains true to the idea that otherwise is a part of speech known as a subordinated conjunction. And it's a very common word. It's a very common part of speech. We use it often without even thinking about it. And it always sets up an alternative. It always poses a different way of something. Mm -hmm. And that's really a metaphor for the business, which is, you know, first of all, not having a strong brand that's all about us out in front, but we really should be behind our clients and beside our clients and, um, you know, representing the things that are that are turns and alternatives and different ways of looking and doing things on their behalf. Okay. I like that because you're right. I, I didn't realize the technical terms behind otherwise as far as what you explained, but I'm glad I was enriched by that as well. <laughs> and I agree with you that it sets up sort of a a thought process. So tell me, what is it that Otherwise Incorporated does, and why do people select your brand over other firms who offer what they would say is a similar service? 
Well, I appreciate the question. Um, you know, if we go back to kind of what the, um, the roots of the business were when, I, you know, I evolved out of traditional, um, you know, marketing kind of consulting, um, it, it actually remains true that there are few creative strategic practices like otherwise today where we're really focused on this place that where ideas and creativity merge and form and content are intrinsically connected. And one of the things that we've come to understand about our clients, so why people come to us, is that there's a funny common denominator that isn't about industry or type of work that needs to be done. It's really about what we have come to call moments of change. And it has to do with clients being in a place where there's some important and integral shift that's taking place in their business. And it may be in their positioning, it may be in their technology and the behaviors of their customers or their own products and services, but something that they're struggling to understand and resolve and they get stuck. And that's our target audience and that's where um, where, where we find uh, uh, our clients coming to us, which is help with figuring out what's different about their business and why things that worked yesterday aren't working today and how to help them on a path forward. That's interesting. So I, I want to kind of follow up with a couple uh, points on what you just said. The first one is, do B2B companies come to you, business-to-business companies, in addition to business-to-consumer B2C companies, caring about their brand? Very much so. Okay. And I would say the majority of our business is in the B2B sector, or at least a good bit of it. So it's not, um, and, and it's not traditional consumer products, but uh, this happens all the time in the B2B world where, you know, there's just things are constantly evolving and changing. And when um, client organizations are just kind of fall behind and they're finding themselves being reactive instead of, you know, leaping ahead and pulling their marketplaces with them, then they, you know, they start to get stuck. And when they're stuck, are they stuck because they have lost a sense for their differentiation or is it because something fundamentally has changed in the marketplace and what was a point of differentiation is no longer enough? Is that, there's, I look at those as two different problems, and hopefully I've articulated them well enough for you to add value to that, Nancy. And I think that um, they are two different problems, and I think they're, um, that both of those things happen, and both of those things can be problematic. You know, a lot of times businesses are founded on... <clears throat> you know, a singular um, offering, whether it's uh, an area of expertise around services or whether it's a product set. And it is, you know, and if, and if organizations don't continue to have their fingers on the pulse of the market, um, then they're falling behind in, in being able to provide, you know, meaningful, relevant, desirable support for the people who have been, you know, buying things and and services from them so um, and it may also be that that organizations and leadership in organizations may be really good at having built successful businesses around suites of products and services that as those things evolve or as the, the demand for them evolves they're no longer as equipped to understand 
you know, where they need to go if they want to leapfrog or continue to innovate. I find it interesting how technology can have unintended consequences to industries where it's not, where companies aren't technology companies, but they're their branding or their service offering or they're dependent on technology for delivering their value and how that can disintermediate their, that can change their value proposition sometimes so significantly that they have to retrench or rethink what they're, what business they're actually in because technology has made them somewhat maybe obsolete or maybe not obsolete but less valuable in the eyes of the customer. Um, and maybe obsolete in other cases. Right. You know, it's uh, um, you know, I, one can never really stop. You know, stay um, tread water or you know, uh, you know, march in place. Um, there really is the the constant pull to be um, responsive to how the needs are changing in the marketplace. And as this intermediation happens across lots and lots of sectors, um, I mean, it's problematic if you happen to be in a business where you're in that middle space where your 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 role has been uh, completely um, you know uh, eliminated or you're on the you know you're a, a manufacturer or provider of some service and the actual service that was being delivered is also changed because it's it's less relevant or or used differently in a market so things are in constant motion and this is part of where um, you know, this kind of this time of confusion or chaos or lack of clarity or direction on the part of business organizations tends to be the, you know, create the opportunity for us to add value and be able to make significant contributions to how clients reposition themselves. I'm talking with Nancy Lerner. She's president of Otherwise Incorporated. And we're talking about branding and its role for middle market companies, B2B and B2C firms. Uh, we have about a minute left before our next commercial break, Nancy, but I wanted to ask you to kind of comment on this. I have, uh, I have observed this awareness from family businesses that are multi-generational more than any other business type of business that I've had on the show. And what I've learned from those leaders of successful multi-generational family businesses is each successive generation has to make sure that the company has relevance in the market, that they haven't become stale or obsolete. And what I find intriguing about that and what I've learned from those business leaders is that it comes with a level of complexity that other firms don't uh, see because the previous generation of leaders are family members. Maybe they're your father or your mother or your uncle, you know, or your brother or your sister. It's not like you can shun them because they're professional CEOs who have left and retired. They're still around the business. And that, that constant search to make sure your business is relevant can have implications back to people's feelings about, you know, the business they built, they built and they gave to you. What, what, have you seen that in your working with people who are looking for their brand? Because you've used the term relevant quite a lot in this interview. Uh, we certainly do. Um, and some of the most, uh, I would say some of the most high-impact work that we've done has been in family businesses that um, we're, we're able to deal with multiple generations of leadership simultaneously. Because in addition to the fact that, you know, the current generation 
sees things differently as the generation before. There's also oftentimes a lot of tension and the, the handing off of the baton from one to the next. And this is a place where actually using branding as a neutral ground has been extremely successful in being able to get multiple leaders and family members to rally around the business rather than getting you know caught up in things that are just more kind of interpersonal dynamics. Excellent. We're talking with Nancy Lerner. She is president of Otherwise Incorporated, and we're going to take our third and final commercial break here on Critical Mass Radio Show. Nancy, when we come back, I'd like you to share from your perspective your guiding principle. And here on the radio show, we mean that to be your overarching. You've learned a lot of lessons in business, and I'm wondering if you could share with us kind of how you've evolved that into maybe what is your guiding principle for how you're continuing to lead and grow otherwise incorporated so ladies and gentlemen forward to it great don't go anywhere ladies and gentlemen we'll be right back after three minutes or less of commercials from our sponsors there's something positive about the word up when things are looking good they're looking up when someone's down you cheer them up so how do you move up well when it comes to getting your bachelor's or master's degree there's one university that stacks up brandman university Brandman is ranked by U.S. News and World Report as one of the nation's top 10 universities for online bachelor's programs. Brandman's online graduate programs in business and education also receive top honors. So look us up at brandman.edu. Brandman University. Move up. Smart Business Network is a business-to-business multimedia company providing insight, advice, and strategy for C-level executives of fast growth, middle market, and large companies. As one of the nation's largest publishers of local management journals, under the Smart Business name, Smart Business Network publishes 19 regional print editions, presents dozens of large and small-scale business conferences and award programs, and produces a vibrant interactive digital media presence. For more information, visit us at www.sbnonline.com. UPS Protection has been protecting systems in the U.S. against brownouts, blackouts, and poor quality power for over 25 years. We provide power protection systems, including UPS, lighting inverters, generators, and service for clients from coast to coast. We specialize in solving all your power needs. As a direct reseller of the best brands in the industry, including Liebert, Powerware, and APC, we can solve all your power protection needs. Protecting your power is our main goal. We offer on-site or depot repair of our critical equipment. To better serve your budget constraints, UPS Protection also offers both reconditioned and new products. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. Nancy Lerner, president of Otherwise Incorporated, is our guest for this segment. And I'd like to thank and acknowledge our listeners who download our show as a podcast. You've downloaded over 14,000 shows during the last 30 days. And we here at the program appreciate your continued and your growing support. All of our shows can be heard live on Internet radio station octalkradio.net or rebroadcast anytime on iTunes, Stitcher.com, Spreaker.com, and various other business-oriented podcasting services. All right, Nancy, before the break, I said I'd like you to share your guiding principle that you're using to lead and grow otherwise incorporated. Would you please be so kind? Well, I'd be happy to. I think the best way to describe our guiding principle, Richard, is um, through the expression of 
um, empathic inquiry, and it's really central to the work that we do at Otherwise, and it informs every assignment and project and um, engagement that we undertake on behalf of our clients. And what we mean by that is we just we ask an endless number of questions, and we take nothing for granted. We get under the skin of our clients. We get our hands dirty. We cast a wide net to understand what's unique and important about what our clients do. We bring all kinds of kind of outlier ideas and frames of reference that come from outside of their sectors and their industries and try them on for size. And in this process of kind of dismantling and 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 learning without um, without having to overly simplify too quickly, we manage high degrees of ambiguity, and then we're able to kind of put the pieces back together again and generate um, points of view and get results that tend to be smart and surprising and refreshing. Um, and this is, you know, this is how we work, and it also um, points to the results from the work that we do. That's excellent. Empathic inquiry. Did I get that right? You did. All right. I wrote it down when you said it, so I was just reading my notes. So I'm glad that's a term that I'm going to borrow. Nancy Lerner, president of Otherwise Incorporated. So, so here's what I have heard from clients of mine who are CEOs of middle market firms, especially in the service sector. Right? Maybe they're the managing partner of a of a of a CPA firm or a law firm, but also this applies to manufacturing companies and other businesses as well. What, how, how do you counsel them to develop their brand differentiation when many times the words they use to define their service can be used identically, at least in theory, by their major competitors. What is it that you use through your empathic inquiry and the process that Otherwise Incorporated uses to help clients realize what their true differentiation and their brand really stands for? Well, this is part of the, what's so exciting about the process of, of doing brand strategy work because it it often, the process with a client often begins with exactly that dilemma, which is um, you the, the language in, that uh, an organization is used to describe their products and services is a cookie cutter and feels exactly the same as, you know, their competitors and they're just, they can't figure out, they keep trying to change the words but the meanings are still the same. And the problem is that finding a, a brand is generally going beyond what it is that people do. It's finding kind of the heart and soul of that organization and understanding why what they do matters. Mm -hmm. And there's no formula for what the answer is. And even if it's a, um, a public accounting firm, there may be something about the, there always is something unique, first of all, and our job is to find it. And it may have something to do with their process. It may have something to do with an internal culture that they have that makes the process of working with them different. Um, it, there, there's always there's always something, and our job is to keep digging and keep peeling the layers away until it's not us discovering it. It's working in concert with our clients so that it almost becomes a process of self-discovery. Um, I often refer to myself as a brand shrink, <laughs> and the work that um, that I do and that we do it otherwise isn't so much about pulling people along with us, 
but facilitating their process of discovery because when they find out what makes what they do matter, then that's a real brand as opposed to something that is more superficial and just, you know, kind of sitting uh, as a as a neat little package on top of who they are. Is it your experience that the customers of your clients can help them determine what their true points of differentiation are or is it more of an internal exercise within the company itself? Well, it's both actually. The you know getting input and 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 mining the experiences of of our clients' customers is invaluable input. However, what they're able to do is talk about from their perspective what the experience was like and what they got out of and what the dynamics were like and what processes were like and what the impact was on them. But they're not going to do the heavy lifting around vision. That's the work that needs to be done by the clients in order to understand where they might go next. But it's it's helpful and enormously informative to be able to validate what they're doing in the here and now, which then becomes kind of a stepping stone to where they may go next. So I'm talking with Nancy Lerner, president of Otherwise Incorporated. All right. So middle market firms and small firms have a universe of prospects that are probably far greater than their universe of current clients. And and I'm wondering, when you do market research to help them to kind of figure out the competitive landscape, is it your experience that it is better for a universe, of, a, a subset of the prospects to have no idea who the middle market company is or to have the wrong idea of the, of the middle market company? Maybe they've never done business with them, but they sort of, they're aware of them and they sort of have a perception of the brand. Would you rather have that in the marketplace, Nancy Lerner, or would you rather have it that it's a greenfield? They don't even know who you are yet. You know, I think they're, they're, they pose slightly different challenges, but I think they are, they're, I would rank them the same. Okay. I wouldn't, I wouldn't prefer one over the other. I do think that, um, I would look at it from a different point of view, which is for client organizations that are that are um, trying to understand who they are and illuminate their brand. That what's most important is for them to decide, you know, what their um, kind of what their progress into the world of developing new business looks like. And um, what's most important is to define a small enough universe of who who might be adopt most quickly next. Mm. And um, and if they can determine that that is a marketplace that doesn't know them at all versus one that knows them as something else, um, then we can help them figure out how to how to get to that next step and then start to connect with that market and then, you know, build broader markets as they become more and more kind of comfortable with getting their brand out there and, um, you know, and having a distinctive voice. Okay. And is it your experience that it is important as you do this vision, mission work, and branding and differentiation, is it as important to share it with the employees as it is the, with the marketplace, or isn't it as important to share it with the employees? What's your, what would you counsel a middle market CEO about, okay, now that we've discovered this, who needs to know? It's a good question, and um, typically what we do in in a branding process or rebranding or repositioning, whatever it might be, is uh, while we're, we work very, very closely with leadership because that's where the vision 
tends to be set. Um, we also like to make sure that the rank and file have a, a you know have a, a place in the process and a voice in the process. So we're we always make sure that we're hosting and holding um, you know group conversations and sessions with um, members of an organization who aren't again going to be setting the the vision in place. But for them to be able to, when the work is done, um, to be able to see themselves in it, so that they feel more connected to it, and and they're they're they they're willing to participate in in bringing the brand forward. Because in the end, it really does have to be something that is first successful and resonant internally before it can be shared with the marketplace. I've enjoyed this conversation. Matter of fact, I just looked up and my engineer's waving his hands because we're kind of at the time where we need to say. Uh, this is the end of this segment, Nancy, and I'm kind of sorry because we really, I, I really appreciate the content that you've been giving to our audience here today. Nancy well, Lerner, you, president of Otherwise Incorporated. So if somebody listening to us today live on octalkradio.net or off of iTunes or Spreaker or something as a podcast, and they say, I want to learn more about Otherwise Incorporated, how do they find you online, Nancy? Well, um, through our website, which is otherwiseinc.com. Um, and all the contact information is there, and I'm always happy when people reach out directly to me, um, which can be done to my email address, which is nlearner at otherwiseinc.com. And those are probably the best ways to reach me, but my landline is another one, which is 312-477-3637. And I take every call and I speak to every uh, prospect and just people who have want to know more about the process of branding for their companies and what it might entail or issues that they're having, I I just um, I enjoy those conversations tremendously. Uh, and I've enjoyed this conversation, Nancy Lerner, and Lerner is spelled L-E-R-N-E-R for those of you that might be emailing her. So I want to thank you for being a friend of the program. I've enjoyed the conversation. Again, you've reinforced and taught me some new things. I've learned a new term, uh, empathic inquiry, which I'm going to begin to bring into my lexicon. So thank you for being a part of our program. I've enjoyed the conversation today, Nancy. Thank you so much for having me, Richard. You're welcome. Take good care. All right. Bye. The goal for this show is to help you, our listening audience of CEOs running middle market firms, to improve your decision-making skills. The show is brought to you by our advertisers, Brandman University, Decision Toolbox, NBN Design, Smart Business Magazine, SNH Rubber, Succession Strategies, Tone Software, and UPS Protection. Our engineer for today is Paul Roberts. Crystal Nunley is the producer. Guest coordinators Kathleen Shepard, our marketing strategist and live events manager, is Asia Celestino. Melissa Padani is our social media manager. Rose Chamora is our VP of sales, and I'm your host, Rick Franzi. If you'd like to learn more about critical mass for business, maybe you want to refer a future guest or advertise on our properties, then visit criticalmass4forbusiness.com. Until the next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi. 